Hey guys, it's Shell, your rolling MC, and this is Hitting the Streets Podcast Show. Welcome to Hitting the Streets Podcast Show. Hitting the Streets is a series of interviews giving you the insider's look at the small businesses, entrepreneurs, nonprofit organizations, and events in the North Texas area. You can find all episodes of Hitting the Streets on Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, you can follow Hitting the Streets on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. For more information about Hitting the Streets podcast, you can visit my website at www.hittingthestreetspodcast.com. And now, on with the show. Hey guys, it's Shell, your rolling MC, and I am the mouth on the mic of Hitting the Streets podcast show. Today, we are wrapping up the woman in the well. So a couple of weeks ago, you guys heard us talk about Mrs. Crager. Um, Melissa and I kicked it off with part one of the woman in the well, and we were really talking about how crazy this story is. And Melissa is here with us tonight. Melissa, say hello. Hello. (laughs) So we're here to do um, part two and to wrap this up and um, to find out what actually happened. So I'm just going to try to recap the best that I can of what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. And I know one of the things is that this lady went to the bank to get some money, to cash some money, to go buy a house. She was supposed to be meeting up with a real estate uh, agent, broker, whatever, um, to pay for a house. And she cashed her money in her tens and twenties. Is that right? $8,300. Yeah. They think. They think, right. tens and twenties. And then who knows what she got out of her her uh, safety safety deposit deposit box. box. That's right. That's right. Or she had in her belt. That's right. (laughs) You know, the crazy thing about this is that Mrs. Quaker wore a money belt. She wore a money belt daily. See, I thought she just wore the money belt for that day because she was getting so much money. But she wore a money belt all the time and had like $3,000 on her all the time. No way. That's crazy, isn't I it? I know. Seems so strange. It does. So she uh, winded up going to um, a pharmacy that was located in downtown Sherman over there where Lookalikes is right now called Skillman's or Skirman's. Mm-hmm. And she sat there and had breakfast, talked to a man, as they say, that was um, a real estate agent. And she was going to um, get money to go buy a house come to find out according to the reports when i say reports the newspaper she disappeared into thin air right (laughs) they were really dramatic back then (laughs) (laughs) these news stories i'm telling you so anyway so we're going to start melissa's going to kick it off and start back up where we left off we did talk about um some arrests were made um and let's start there where i think it was a a guy that was drunk or something well how did that go and the part that i really think this is the best part of the story because (laughs) Um, this guy was drunk and Dennison gets gets arrested and he has a note in his pocket about the location oh, of where the body's going to be. And so his explanation was that he had went to a fortune teller to get that information. Oh, that's right. And so 
the him and the fortune teller end up getting arrested because they said so with once the, the you know they question them and then let them go but then they end up arresting them again because when they do find the body um it's kind of close to where the fortune teller gave the information for okay so hold on for one second let me just back up so the drunk guy got arrested because they found a note in his pocket of where he went to the fortune teller and the fortune teller told him where she was and they arrested them again the second time because when they found her it was in the location where the fortune teller said she would be they said it's really close to the it was a little wow it was a little too close to what they they said remarkably accurate directions to the missing woman's body so the people that actually found the woman's body um i don't know that we got into that much but no we haven't we haven't it was about that. um two farmers that had a farm right near uh, the land where she was found and they were looking for a missing cow apparently and they saw this um, <laughs> old dry well that had a wooden cover on it and they moved the cover and uh found her body there and so it was pretty close it was just um um looks like north no sorry south of Perrin Field. oh wow she was way off so it wasn't too far like um near 1417 and plain view now yeah, 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 that cut yeah. that area but that was far from where she lived wasn't it yeah um I can't remember Willow Street. Yeah, she Willow, lived on Street. Willow Street. That's down here in this area. But we'll get into who did live near that. Okay. So, because yes. because yes. we were going to talk about um, who was arrested in it. Yeah. Um, I I do have a piece. I do have some newspaper clippings that it talks about the body of a missing woman found in an abandoned well south of Perrin Field. Mm -hmm. And um, you and I talked about uh, a little bit about the lime that was found on her body oh my gosh okay guys y'all <laughs> this is off As someone who, yeah, who this loves is, crime oh my gosh y'all this is story. off subject and on subject so melissa okay so we're gonna jump off subject just for a short minute but let me tell y'all about melissa so melissa and i went to lunch so we we went to lunch to talk about this story before we went on the air y'all so melissa come and ask me what does <laughs> i can't even tell y'all what does lime has to do with well, I just want to know what it Wait, was. Where do you get it? She, what is it? I oh see it God. in crime stuff. And she goes, I'm asking you because you watch all that true crime and serial killers. I'm like, you probably already know this, but I didn't know where you get it. Just curious. Oh my God. Just, and I said, this is the first thing. Any, but I, this is the first thing that came out of my mouth. Well, John Wayne Gacy used it quite a bit. <laughs> and she knew what it was for, too. I did. So it's to help it help it with the decay. With the decomposition. Yes. And yeah, the decomposition. also with the smelling. And with the smell. Yeah, exactly. To it, cover up the smell. Y'all, I had to laugh at Melissa. I'm like, really? You just asked me that? Okay. Anyways. Yep. It, quicklime is a chemical compound known as calcium oxide. Yes. I yep. still don't know where to get it, though. No, yeah, we, we don't have that discussion. <laughs> That'll be <laughs> off air. Like, that's another one. That's no. another time. Another day. When we do serial killers, we might bring that up. <laughs> okay. So she was winding okay so she was missing now this is something that i don't know or did i read it how long was she missing it's did about two months because she went missing on june 17th and i think it was in august that she was found oh goodness good lord yeah okay. 
And so it was pretty close to two months when she was found. Well, I know the I know we did talk about um, the Rangers getting involved, and I I said to Melissa, every time I turn around, every article that I read back in the eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, the Texas Rangers were in Sherman for something. They were involved, yeah, because we had some crime. We had some some serious crime, some true crime. Mm-hmm. Anyways, <laughs> so what happened? So who was arrested? So how did this all go down? Okay, so. Her son-in-law was actually the one that was arrested for the murder, but he wasn't arrested until two years later. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, hold on. So we found her two months later in August and in a well, but they didn't arrest him two years later, so 1948? Right. Well, and he had been her son-in-law for 26 years. Okay, so what what made them think that he did it? Well, he had land that was right near the well where she was found holy and smokes. i and i would imagine like they don't like in the articles that i read they don't get too much into why they thought that he did it yeah but he whatever what i understand that what? he didn't have much of an education he didn't have much of a motive an income there wasn't a lot of a motive but that's probably what kept them from finding him guilty so oh so oh, so he is okay so the fortune teller and the drunk was arrested once then they was arrested twice due to the fact of the information that she gave and then this guy so that was really three at the third arrest right and well and you know they sometimes pull people in to question them so i don't know that they were fully arrested maybe they were just bringing him to question they just you know they don't get too much into that but anyway so um ernest Millsap, mm-hmm, i think mm-hmm. is the one that they arrested mm-hmm. and so her daughter had married him and her daughter, like I said, had been married to him for 26 years. And the daughter had even contributed to the $1,000 reward yeah, that I the family that. was giving. Yeah, I saw the uh, $1,000 reward uh, for, for it called it a clue to the mystery, a $1,000 reward. Right. And the only thing we really know about Ernest is that he was a World War I veteran with a seventh grade education and was a hard worker, which, you know, what does that... Other than having land near or leasing land near where she was found. Right. You know, that seems to be the only connection. So so while we're talking about land and, and, and property and stuff, I brought this up earlier um, before we got on the mics. Uh, that building down there across the street from um, um, Happy Nutrition and um, Fellas and yeah. Sage, wasn't that her building? Whose that building was, was that? Well, it was actually her son's, one of her son's. Um, of course, you Y'all remember know she had I'm like 11 about. children. And so, yeah, at the corner of Crockett and Houston. Yeah. So, yeah. That's that building that has been abandoned for so long, guys, has the boards uh, up, against it. it's, uh, up against it. It's uh, uh, next to the farmer's next market. Next to the farmer's market. Yeah, that's what that's I was going to say. Story. It's next to the farmer's market. And it's on the ghost tour. So it it's is. haunted. Yeah, they talk about uh, Miss Crager possibly haunts that wow. building. Wow. Yeah. Was I it know, a feed store? Hear, what kind of yeah, store was it was it? a feed store. And I've always heard stories of like them having a monkey in the store and a parrot that talked. And Ooh. yeah, that's interesting. Talk to people who have lived here for a long time. That's what they'll tell yeah. you. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. So what happened after that? So um, he actually, uh, they had to release him because they didn't have enough. Um, evidence to convict him mm-hmm. and he actually ended up staying married to her daughter for another like 16 years after that until their deaths like you know she died and then he died a few years later so mm-hmm. um 
So who? So so nobody ever did really. It? We don't know. I mean, so it's still unsolved. It's still unsolved. Where, where was the death certificate? You showed me a picture of yeah, the death certificate, so y'all. The death certificate is just written really strange because usually those are pretty um, particular. But this right. one says uh, um, that the death date it said on or about June seventh of nineteen forty six, which is weird because you and I doing this. We know that she didn't go missing till June, June 17th. Yeah. 17th. Yeah. So 10 days after what they say she died. So um, that's strange. I mean, and so, um, and then the other thing is the primary cause of death was listed as, as, be as best as we can tell. Mm -hmm. We can't really read the handwriting very well, but it says murdered at the house of party or parties unknown to me. And then it says, is it an accident, suicide or homicide? And it says murdered. Is the explanation. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a strange, strange story altogether. Um, it is, and I and I read somewhere that they don't know if she died of the broken neck or, or when she fell into the well or when she was put in the well, however you want to say it, or she was already dead and then they put her in there. Right. Or whoever it was. Right. And they even, I think I saw an article where it said that they had called in specialists from Austin, Texas at that time. Um, a toxicologist? Yeah. There I were, saw that somewhere. There were like two uh, people who specialized in one thing and two yeah. that specialized in something else. And then they uh, looked at, they were trying to look at cause of death because, right. you know, as she was found in that well, um, they didn't, at first, the initial release said something about her uh, being dead before, like being killed and then dropped, dropped into, into the, the well. well. Yeah. But then they found blood samples that oh, made them think that possibly she was alive when she was dropped in the well yeah. and that she died of maybe a fractured neck. But I don't know that they ever, you know, completely decided which one it was. Um, of That's course, you know, our... You know, science has changed. You know, it's uh, yes, we've increased yes. in yeah. ability a right. lot since 1946. So that was the Waco. So, so here's the thing, guys. This story not only was it in Sherman paper, it was in McKinney, Waco, and Corsicana, and the and the White Wright's son. And the one in the Waco said blood and soil of well where the body was found. And it said a state toxicologist said today in the preliminary reports that Mrs. Krager, and she was 82, according to this report, was either thrown into the abandoned well a few hours after she was slain or that she was dropped into the hole while she was alive and died of a fractured neck. Right. They hadn't decided. And I will mention the the uh, funny or not funny, but mm -hmm. the article in the Denison. Oh, yes. Um, the Denison Press that was, again, printed in the McKinney, McKinney Examiner in August of 1946. It said, um, it has been a long time, time since we've had a first-class hanging in this county. And if we can only lay our hands on the bloody thieves, murderers of Mrs. Crager... It will be such a hanging as the county has never witnessed. So did they just sell tickets at these hangings? What did they do? The first class? What the hell? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I saw that. I was like, what? So there's a lot. So there is so it's, okay. So I have to give kudos to to Melissa for finding these stories. In this story, I have not heard of. Um, 
until I went to the ghost tour. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. that's kind of perked my interest. So you bringing this story to our show um, this month, it's been really interesting to find out. And this, the sad thing about it is that nobody didn't find her murderer or who killed her. No, we had we do have a road named after her, though. A little what? small country road off of, um, it's just off of Travis Street, um, uh, north of like where Target and everything is. If you take Travis Street that way, it's just oh, right yeah. past past that Austin Landing edition, okay. housing edition. Sure. There is a road named Crager. So I'm guessing that well is over on that land. I have not personally found the the, we should go look. You think it's still I don't there? Know where exactly you think it's that still there? How would we find it? I don't know where we'd find it. <gasps> they don't ever describe they it don't. exactly where it is, but yeah, I kind of wondered where it was. But it's, I know it's in that area. That's yeah. Cool. Oh my gosh. Well, Melissa, thank you so much. That's a wrap for us on this story, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Of course, it's an unsolved mystery. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, so it was. research. Oh yeah. All right. So guys, all right. So the next week of my show is going to be a wrap for season four. Can you believe that? I cannot believe that. I know. I'm going into season five. I know. I was looking back at our ones from last year. I know. We're going to have to do this more than once a month, I think. A lot of people love to hear about the true crimes or the unsolved mysteries and stuff that happens here in our town, Grayson County area. So yeah. All right, guys, that's it for me and Melissa. Melissa, good night. (laughs) Make sure you guys tune in next week for another episode of Hitting the Streets.